So how long is really long when it comes to flights? A trip from Dubai to LA or Sydney to, let's say, Houston? Or maybe the longest flight in your life was that journey from Kansas to New York when you were trapped between a snoring guy and a crying baby. In fact, the longest flight in the world lasted for, wait for it, 64 days and 22 hours. If you've ever been at the baggage claim of Terminal 1 at McCarran Airport in Las Vegas, you might have spotted a Cessna 172 airplane with Hacienda written all over it. It's not a marketing trick for a hotel that's trying to win over tourists, even though it was back in the day, but a reminder of a truly historical flight, the longest one ever. It's that very Cessna 172 that took off in December 1958 and didn't land until February of 1959. How did the pilots manage to stay in the air for so long? Where did they get the fuel from? What did they eat and did they ever sleep? I absolutely understand your curiosity because it all sounds, well, a bit unreal. And I'll answer all these questions in a few moments. But first, let's see why this whole flight happened in the first place. Back in the 1950s, the future owners of Hacienda decided to build a family hotel in Las Vegas. Judy and Warren Doc Bailey picked a spot on the dusty plot of land south of Vegas, pretty far away from the famous Strip with all its casinos, glamour, and glitz. And the hotel wasn't exactly a success. They needed to find an original way to advertise themselves. Getting a huge billboard? Paying some celebrity to tell everyone how great Hacienda is? Apparently, none of the options that came to mind in this situation seemed good enough. And then suddenly, they knew what they had to do. A slot machine mechanic named Bob Tim offered them a brilliant idea. He decided to set the new flight endurance record, and he needed a plane and money. The Hacienda owners granted him $100,000, which was enough to buy a plane and the necessary supplies. In exchange for that money, Bob had to paint Hacienda on the side of the plane. To make it look less like a promo trick, Bailey decided to turn the flight into a fundraiser for the Damon Runyon Cancer Research Foundation. People were told to guess how long the plane would stay in the air, and the closest guess was even offered a $10,000 prize. The mechanic had actually made three attempts to beat the endurance record, but he couldn't stay in the air for longer than 15 days. The reasons were diverse, from mechanical problems to a complete misunderstanding with his co-pilot. You know, when you're stuck with someone in a tiny Cessna cabin for days, it better be someone you like, otherwise you might ask him to step outside. So he took all of that into account and started preparation for the new flight. While Tim was still getting ready, he found out that two Dallas pilots, Jim Heath and Bill Burkhart, had just beaten the old record from 1945 of a 46-day-long flight by four days. So his new task was to stay in the air for at least 51 days. And Tim was hoping to break that record with the help of a co-pilot he found for the trip, John Cook, a flight mechanic with over 100 flight hours of experience. They took off from McCarran Field in Las Vegas in the afternoon of December 4, 1958. They were flying in Las Vegas airspace for the first few days so that they could land at the airport in case something went wrong. Once they realized it would all be fine, they moved towards the deserts of California and Arizona. Tim and Cook were piloting the plane in four-hour-long shifts and tried to sleep in between. 
It all went smoothly till Christmas and then New Year's. But after a month of isolation and almost zero physical activity and sleep, it became clear they needed a good rest. At around 4 a.m. on day 36 of the flight, Cook was taking a rest and Tim was piloting the aircraft when he dozed off. It happened over a canyon in Arizona. Fortunately, the autopilot saved them from disaster, and it was in charge for about an hour as the plane was moving towards the Mexican border. On day 39, the generator went out of service and they lost heat, light, and autopilot. But they still didn't plan on giving up. On day 50, which was January 23rd, they broke the record for the longest flight. But even then, they didn't stop, because they didn't want anyone else to beat the record anytime soon. On day 60, the engine started slowly dying, and since they didn't want to risk their lives, the crew decided to land. They did it on February 7, 1959, after 64 days, 22 hours, and 19 minutes, and 150,000 miles in the air. Now, let's think this through. For the flight to be possible, there were a few major issues to think over. Refueling, eating, sleeping and bathing, and keeping busy and sane. First, if you've ever traveled by anything that runs on fuel, be it a plane or even your car, you know it won't go anywhere without refueling. To break the record, the plane wasn't supposed to land for at least 51 days, as you remember. So they had to come up with some solution to keep it up. They remodeled the aircraft and installed a 95-gallon belly tank on it. It extended the total fuel capacity to 142 gallons. A tanker truck brought extra fuel twice a day. The pilot had to fly very, very close to the ground and keep the same speed as the truck on the road. And then one of the pilots had to get outside of the plane on a little platform they hung out the window. The platform was set up between the fuselage and the wing strut. I know how crazy dangerous it sounds, yet they did it 128 times during the flight. So the pilot grabbed a hose from the truck with a hook and winch. They used an electric pump to fuel up. Second, two adult men obviously couldn't go without food for 64 days. The same supply truck that brought them fuel delivered the food in a special thermos. The Hacienda Hotel kitchen staff did their best to provide the pilots with only the healthiest and freshest food. They also received water, towels, and laundry, thanks to the same supply truck. Whoever wasn't piloting the plane at the moment dropped a basket on a rope and lifted it back up into the cabin. Theoretically, it's possible to go without showering or shaving for 64 days, but Tim and Cook didn't have to do that. A sink was installed inside the plane for shaving, and showering had to be done outside, using a quart bottle of water on a special platform. Now, that must have been quite a show and a challenge. Speaking of challenges, I know what your next question is. Hey, it'd be my question too. How do they manage to go to the bathroom? Well, in one word, carefully. I would also assume they might use that basket and rope food transfer system to return the, uh, you know, digested byproducts to the ground crew for proper disposal. Better than, say, just lobbing it out the door. But hey, I'm just guessing here. Just trying to give you the straight poop. They also had removed the co-pilot seat and replaced the swinging fuselage door with an accordion fold door to make more room and to make it easier to enter and exit the plane in the air. 
they put a mattress in the freed space, but both pilots barely had any sleep. The engines were just loud day and night, so it was basically impossible to fall asleep inside the cabin. Finally, the crew of two had to keep busy so they wouldn't go crazy in such a confined space. They had comic books to glance through, and they played games like I Spy With My Little Eye and Counting Things. They did some limited kinds of physical exercise that they could practice in their little home. During the holidays, Tim tied little parachutes to candy canes and dropped them down for his six-year-old son as they were above the airfield. Fortunately, both Tim and Cook managed to stay sane and on good terms with each other. And they didn't lose their sense of humor. When interviewed after the flight, Cook was asked if he would go on such a journey again. He answered he would, as long as he'd be locked in a garbage can with a vacuum cleaner running and have Bob serve me T-bone steaks chopped up in a thermos bottle. That is, until my psychiatrist opens for business in the morning. After they'd landed safely, Tim went back to his slot machine mechanic job, and Cook continued working as a pilot for airlines. No one has managed to beat their record yet. Alright, let's hear from you! Whom would you take as co-pilot if you had to go on a 64-day-long flight? Let me know down in the comments. If you learned something new today, then give this video a like and share it with a friend. But hey, don't go fly away just yet! We have over 2,000 cool videos for you to check out! All you have to do is pick the left or right video, click on it, and enjoy! Because you want to stay on the Bright Side of life!